0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's check on some of the developments in the marriage debate from over the weekend. As you know, the marriage debate includes all sorts of consequences, whether it's the rights of a child to having a mother and a father, or the issues of religious freedom, or the education issues of what will be force-fed to children about sexuality should the definition of marriage change. Well, it would appear that a lot of Australians are having second thoughts about supporting same-sex marriage once they understand the issues more clearly. Last night on the 60 Minutes program, there was an important story broadcast telling the story of a young man named Patrick. At the age of 12... He began a two year journey to realise his dream of becoming a girl. And then he changed his mind. Well, stories like this are emerging. And of course, importantly, at a time like this, on the eve of the postal plebiscite survey. Well, Dr. David Van Gend leads the Australian Marriage Forum. He's a part of the Coalition for Marriage, joining us for an update on some of the issues from the weekend. Dr. David Van Gend, welcome back to 2020.
1: Lovely to be here, Neil.
0: David, let's talk first of all about the story that went to air on 60 Minutes last night. I know that you were following that story carefully because there are some important messages for Australians who are weighing up how they'll vote in the marriage plebiscite. What were your thoughts on this story about Patrick?
1: It's a beautiful story of this lad and the important facts about it, Neil, are this. First, that Patrick is typical of gender-confused kids, typical, because we know from multiple uh, studies that three-quarters or more of children who get confused about their gender, like Patrick, who's a boy who thinks really he's a girl, but then when he hits puberty, when he hits puberty, he realises he actually is a boy and he's happy to live as a boy. And three-quarters of all confused kids, when they hit puberty, they get over their confusion. So the great question, Neil, is why do we allow these gender ideologues like safe schools and other programs tell little children things like um, the words from the gender fairy, quote, nobody can tell you, little child, if you are a boy or a girl, only you can tell. That's a four-year-olds, Neil. This is the sort of stuff that's going on in safe schools uh, and other programs. And yet we know that if we leave these little kids alone, they will get over their confusion naturally. So this is an example, Neil, of how, unless we stand against this genderless madness that's being imposed on our kids, and that's about to be imposed in our marriage act by saying gender just doesn't matter in marriage, it doesn't matter in the classroom, we are going down a path of craziness and our children are gonna be the victims. Now,
0: David, you are a GP and it's nothing new to you to be on the receiving end of abuse and you've even had your uh, surgery attacked by Yes Case activists. Uh, There's a new development uh, for yourself and for other doctors because you're part of a doctors group that's been labelled as racist by another group of doctors. How's that all working?
1: Yes, a group of 650 of us, Uh, doctors, including 36 professors and six past AMA presidents, have written a joint letter to the AMA uh, holding them to account for their deception and misleading uh, the public on same-sex marriage. They simply ignored research on the well-being of children and the harms to children in same-sex parented families because it didn't fit their progressive narrative. So we held them to account, and what happens? They do not answer our questions. They do not address the scientific issues. They simply uh, issue a letter from another 2,000 medical students and doctors calling us essentially no better than racists. It's the sort of abuse, Neil, that we are so used to. It, It just runs off my back. It doesn't worry me. But it's so depressing that in this great debate on marriage, all the abuse, almost without exception, is coming from those who want gay marriage... And those of us on our side who try to defend the important issues of the well-being of children, of the protection of children from radical gay sex education in schools, and free speech in a civil society, Neil, we just continually get uh, just insulted and and treated uh, like we should not have a voice.
0: Well David the fervency of the yes case campaigners uh, is certainly significant and uh, and I guess it's arguable even as to whether or not it will actually do their cause any good uh, because there was a real example of this fervency at a Brisbane church last week when the uh, when the high court came down with its decision uh, a Brisbane church where there was a clash Uh, and what's been exposed in the time since then has been quite significant. You've been following that story along uh, because a group of Yes activists turned up to protest at a church where some Christians were going in to talk about the Safe Schools program. What were your thoughts on that?
1: It was very vivid to me because I spoke at that function last year at that little church hall in Ashgrove. This year my friend uh, Wendy Francis was due to speak on Safe Schools. It had been planned for six months. wasn't even about gay marriage, but very importantly, Neil, in the minds of gay activists who, who protested and essentially destroyed that meeting, gay marriage and safe schools are part of the same package deal of gender enforcement. So to them, a meeting about safe schools was reason for them to come with their gay marriage placards and force that meeting to be shut down stopping cars, entering the car park, even though it was quite dangerous. That particular car you saw on Channel 10 News was stuck with its back up in the road and there was, you know, real anxiety there. So the point is, Neil, um, once again, a peaceful association of citizens is forced to close by the gay activists. A intelligent discussion, free speech, on safe schools is forced to close by gay marriage activists. I don't know. Um, We've had so many of these events. I've had hotel bookings cancelled because a group of of, of people from our side of the marriage debate could not meet in Sydney because of threats to the staff in this hotel. It goes on and on and on. And I say to your listeners, Neil, what's that saying from the Gospel? If people will do these things when the wood is green, what will they do when the wood is dry? Uh, Because once... These intolerant activists have the power of gay marriage law to weaponise anti-discrimination law. We will be treated even more intolerantly, even more contentiously. And I do not think anyone...
0: Have we still got you, David? Yep.
1: I'm still here, mate. Can you hear me? Yep, yep. You dropped out for
0: a moment there. Sorry, let, me just, uh, let me just take you uh, to how the media covered that Brisbane church clash uh, because it was, uh, it, was, it was about a car arriving at the church and there were claims that it was driven at high speed into the group of protesters. In other words, the car being used as some sort of a weapon. And there was a woman who was a spokesperson there for the Yes campaign saying, I suffered an injury because people drove their cars nearly at full speed into the Yes campaigner's and I didn't see the story, but as I understand it, the uh, the car was edging its way forward. There were police trying to make some way because they were trying to get through a crowd of yes campaign supporters. Uh, but the media covered it as though it was somehow or other a clash between the yes and the no case. What were your thoughts on it?
1: Well, we know it's completely fake because the police were there right there at the site of the protest and they said in a statement that there was no speeding car, there was no accident. This woman fell over and then concocted a story that involved her ringing the ambulance, which when it came, she said, oh no, I don't need any help. So she abused our emergency services, concocted a story to create this media furthy, all to try and smear the peaceful no side of the marriage debate try and smear us as being equally aggressive when we did absolutely nothing and i've spoken to three eyewitnesses who were there so neil it's pretty low isn't it we just want uh, a fair say we don't want to be abused because we say no to same-sex marriage or we say no to safe schools and i just hope that people out there realize that unless they say no in this in this postal ballot that starts arriving tomorrow We are going to get so much more intolerance, so much more enforcement of radical gay sex education on our kids and silencing of our pastors and our church meetings. Please may your listeners realise how serious this is and please may they talk to one of their neighbours and say, guys, hey, this is bad, it's okay to say no.
0: Uh, David there is talk uh, from both sides of the parliament about electoral safeguards in other words uh, putting in place some rules for the campaign and uh, one quote I picked up Labor has asked the government to include a provision that would ban vilification hate speech does that mean that they'll be saying every time someone stands up and says marriage is between only one man and one woman that will be considered hate speech what are your thoughts?
1: No, I don't think so. We welcome rules like that if it will stop the vicious hate speech from the other side. Famously last night, a leading gay marriage proponent, Benjamin Law, published uh, the quarterly essay, and he's in, in all the news today, uh, which is arguing for safe schools and same-sex marriage. That's fine. But this man tweeted, and I won't mention it because it might be children listening to your show, uh, Neil. This man tweeted that he wanted to... Um, uh, expletive, expletive the parliamentarians who oppose same-sex marriage to expletive the homophobia out of them. Now, this is a leading guy. This is not a fringe guy, Benjamin Law. He's been on Q&A. He, wrote, he used to write for The Australian. He's a leading gay activist. And this is a sort of vileness and threats an obscenity that is thrown at us. And Andrew Hastie was mentioned <laughs> by Benjamin Law in his series of tweets. And Andrew Hastie's a former SAS officer. And Andrew Hastie said, given my past training, just let him try. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think young Benjamin will yep. be trying anything violent on Andrew, but it's the talk, mate. It's the talk.
0: And I think uh, listeners can read between the lines what those expletives might be saying, but uh, certainly it's uh, it's not, uh, not an appropriate thing to be necessarily talking about when, uh, especially for our WA listeners, maybe dropping children off at school at this time. Uh, there's another thing just quickly to pick up on with you, David, uh, sporting codes. It looks as though, and it's being reported, that Cricket Australia might be the next sporting code to support the Yes campaign. Uh, they'd be hot on the heels of uh, uh, codes like uh, Football Federation Australia, Australian Rugby Union and the AFL. Of course, the NRL came out on the weekend with their support for the Yes campaign. What are your thoughts about sporting codes and the way they're supporting homosexual marriage?
1: It's bewildering, Neil. I hope people get sick of all this moral posing by all these companies who have an eye to what, what looks good. But what I say is this... Do these guys really think they're doing a a favour to little children who are going to play cricket or play footy by depriving them by law in the future of the dad who's going to take them to footy or who's going to take them to cricket? Do they think a father just doesn't matter in the life of children? Because that's what they're doing if they institute this thing called uh, same-sex marriage where two women can obtain a child who will never have a father, never have a dad, Never take them to cricket. Never play footy. I think that matters. Uh, you may say I'm being simplistic. I am a father. I think a dad matters to kids. And all these self-satisfied, pretentious sporting bodies who say, "Oh no, genderless marriage is the is the fashion and we're behind it." I just wonder, you know, how short-sighted and and essentially unjust they're being to the future kids. But whatever. Uh, it's a free world. They can they can back whatever they like. I just hope Australians are as sick as I am of being told what we are to think.
0: David Van Gen, before I let you go, I've got an ethical question to pose for you. You'll have to listen carefully uh, because I think you'll have a thought or two on this. As uh, as an ethical question, some complications, and perhaps it's more a law question, but in the in the likely event that if there was same-sex marriage that ends in divorce. And and as I understand it, uh, the average length of uh, same-sex marriage from other countries is something like 18 months. So the, when I say the likely event of ending in divorce, which parent would have the most rights to their child if only one parent has DNA involved? Have you thought that issue through?
1: It's just part of the mess we're creating for kids. You are quite right. Same-sex union, same-sex marriages, divorce at a much higher rate than male-female marriages. The highest of all is lesbian couples. We know from Swedish studies. I think it's about three times the rate. So we're creating an unstable environment for kids. But who cares? Who cares about kids, Neil? They don't vote. Who cares about kids? And then as to this mess of who the father is, well, I ask you, Elton John and David Furnish, they're a happily married couple in England. They created baby Zach. But they created baby Zach with a excuse me a blended vial of their sperm and some anonymous egg, so baby Zach can never know who the mother is that 's one thing, and he can never know who the father is because these two gentlemen decided they'd rather not know so you know we are messing with children severely by destroying their birthright their right to know who their mother is to their right to know who their father is that right in my mind Neil trumps any Demand by homosexual adults to have equality in creating and raising children. Uh, Nature says no, I'm afraid.
0: Well David you're a colorful character when it comes to this issue and uh, people listening to our conversation will note your passion. The first ballot papers are arriving tomorrow. Uh, they'll arrive they'll arrive progressively over the coming times because of just the sheer volume of those that will need to go out around Australia. Uh, what's uh, on the eve of the uh, the ballot papers arriving, what is your encouragement uh, to people listening to our conversation today about how they might Uh, quite uh, sincerely think through this issue and how they might
1: vote? Mike, encouragement is that we can win this. We can win this, even though we don't have the money, we don't have the media, we don't have the corporations, we don't have the sporting bodies. We have a very simple truth of what is best for a child. We have a very sincere concern among Australians not to have radical gay sex education imposed on their kids or have their free speech silenced. And, Neil, as we've said often, We have goodwill to our brothers and sisters who are same-sex attracted. They already have the same rights and benefits as any other couple. We just want them to live and let live and live as they choose. So if any of your listeners are concerned, please sign up as a volunteer at coalitionformarriage.com.au. You can join our Zoom conversations as to how you and me and a million of us can have conversations with our neighbours saying, guys, it's okay to say no, because our gay friends already have all the same rights, it's okay to say no because it's the only way we can stop the imposition of gay sex education on our kids, the silencing of our freedom to speak what we believe, and the intimidation of our pastors and bishops and priests and rabbis. So please get out there, talk to your neighbors. That is the only way we will win. Have that conversation, friends, and we can keep this country as it ought to be. Dr.
0: David Van Gend, he leads the Australian Marriage Forum. It's a part of the Coalition for Marriage. You might have noted that website, coalitionformarriage.com.au. David Van Gend, thanks so much for your update this morning on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening.
1: There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us
0: live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.